Hey everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, where you can hear our latest teachings and conversations. One of the great miracles of the Bible is that there were three wise men together. And they stopped to ask for directions without a woman telling them what to do. (laughs) We're in week four of our Christmas series, New Beginnings, and we're focusing on how God took the messiness of the Christmas story and he brought some very beautiful things out of it. In perfect timing that this morning we're going to be talking about the Magi and the star of Bethlehem, perfect time in this morning, on the eve of, did you know that tomorrow, uh, Jupiter and Saturn are lining up tomorrow night for the first time in 800 years. Most of you weren't even around 800 years ago. And another 1,200 years or so before that, there was another great star, and people came from great distances to see the new beginning that God had brought into the world. And so we're just going to read two verses this morning. That's it. For starters, I guess, two verses from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. At about that time, some wise men from eastern lands, arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now Matthew puts the birth of Jesus in irrefutable geography in history. Matthew tells you when he was born, and where he was born. This is not Disney. This is not the Mandalorian. These texts right here, these texts are from real people in real places in real times writing about real events. And let's not skip over those first few words. You've you've heard these stories over and over that it's, you got to try to to, to hear it with new ears this morning. Let's not skip over those first three words, Jesus was born. They're loaded. Jesus was born means hope has come. There's, there's a lot of power packed into uh, those three words. Jesus was born means that hope has come. It means that God has not forgotten, that his promises are true, that salvation has come, that sin will be defeated. He's born in Bethlehem, the birthplace of King David, Israel's greatest king. And and Matthew wants you to know that it's important that where Jesus was born, he was born where he was supposed to be born. There's purpose in all of this, and Jesus is now the new king of all kings. Um, The stable is the throne room for the king of glory, and the time and the place is important because God has placed his king in his story. History is his story. History is his story, 
God has placed his king in his story to reign over us for eternity. Herod the Great is mentioned. Herod is not a fictional character. This is, okay? This is Herod the Great, okay? That you read about in your history books. Okay, he's a real person that Matthew writes about. And Herod is mentioned um, partly to, to cement the actual time of these events. Like, you know, if later down the road someone says, when was that? Oh, it was when Herod was ruling. Oh, which Herod? Herod the Great. Oh, okay. That's when he was born. So partly to cement the actual time of the events. And Herod is also mentioned partly to remind us of how dark the world was when God delivered his light of the world. The world was dark when Jesus was born. And wherever you are right now in your story, your place, God has delivered a light, the king, a savior who can deliver you, who can defeat anything or anyone that is against you. Christmas is reason to believe in new beginnings. And we named this, this series New Beginnings, and Christmas is a reason to believe in new beginnings. I could use a new beginning. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know how many people came in this morning and said, I'm tired of wearing this mask. Amen. Preach. Yes. We're, we're ready. It's time for, for new beginnings. Now, no one names their child Herod or Nero. And Caesar is a salad. Jesus is the king. And you can face 2021 with hope and courage and optimism. He's the king. Now, the second part of verse 1 said about, about <laughs> sound like, a, sound like I'm from Atlanta, Canada, about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem. There were three wise men, Tim, Adam, and John. What's so funny? Actually, we don't know how many there were, okay? So if you don't have three in your nativity, it doesn't matter. We don't know how many there were. We say three because of the three gifts. And we don't really know where they came from. Um, scholars, some scholars believe Babylon. And they definitely were not kings. They were astrologers. So your Christmas song, We Three Kings from Orient Are, is not even close. It's just, it's not even close. Um, Babylon would put them 2,000 kilometers away from Jerusalem, which would be about a, about a six-month journey uh, then, that day and age. So 2,000 kilometers over six months, and they're only off by eight kilometers between Jerusalem and, and Bethlehem. Not bad. For, 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 for a bunch of guys, you know. And um, that's not bad. Now, maybe let's talk about your journey. That's their journey to find Jesus. What about your journey? What about your journey to find Jesus? Maybe your journey back to Jesus is a long one. Uh, theirs, was, theirs was a long one. These guys, these, these magi may as well be from the other Literally, the, the other side 
of the world or as far away as people can imagine in that day. And like the prodigal son or the lost sheep, this is another place in Scripture where God reminds us that no one is too far away or too far gone to worship at the feet of Jesus. They came a long ways to worship, and maybe that's your story today. Maybe you're not where you need to be or want to be, and you've got to come a long ways to worship at the feet of Jesus. And Matthew chapter 2 is a reminder that no one is too far gone or too far away to worship at the feet of Jesus. That's good news. And certainly there would be some who would think that, that Jesus was just for them, that Jesus was Israel's Savior. And God obliterates that idea with a band of foreigners from Babylon. Did you see that? Who are some of the very first people to see baby Jesus? They're astrologers from far away. See, outsiders become insiders. That's the message of Jesus. It's for everyone. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought, I thought people would be doing laps around the auditorium by, that's good news. And the congregation just stared at the pastor like, The journey back to Jesus is always worth it. Amen. The journey back to Jesus is always worth it. Part of our goal in this Christmas series was to invite uh, people, you, our island, anyone who's watching this, uh, to invite people to consider Jesus again. Consider coming back. And maybe from where you are, it feels like the distance between Babylon and Jerusalem. It feels like a long ways off. Maybe you've already started the journey. And like the wise men, you know you're close. You, you just feel it. I'm getting, I'm getting closer to Jesus, to where I need to be. You're getting close. You're in the, in the proximity of grace, and that's a good place to be in the proximity of grace. There is no judgment. You know, it's not in the Christmas story. Get out of here. You guys are from Babylon, you know? You know, what are you doing here? You know, you don't look like us. You don't talk like us. You don't dress like, get out of here. No, they were invited to come and, and worship. There is no judgment. There is a gift, capital G. There is life. There is hope. There is an invitation to start over, the birth of Jesus. And it's corny, but it's true. Wise people still seek him. They still seek Jesus. They make the journey at all cost. Now notice verse 2. Verse 2, the, the, the wise guys, the magi, they, there's three things here. One, they say, where is the king? Two, we saw his star. And three, we've come to worship him. You there? This is yes. You tracking? Where's the king? We saw his star. We've come to worship him. Jesus is the king. 
And all of creation points to him. And worship is the proper response to the king. Where's the king? They got it right. They knew who he was. Where's the king? And we saw his star, and we've come to worship him. Jesus is the king. And all of creation points to him. And worship is the proper response. Finding Jesus is less about the position of the star and more about the position of your heart. Because if you decide that he's the king, you will find him. Where's the king? We're here to find the king. So you make that decision. Who is Jesus? And if you decide he's the king, you will find him. We've put so many things around Christmas, God help us, that we've probably made it hard for people to see the gift, capital G. And if you can't find the gift of Christmas, something is wrong. <laughs> like if, if we've hidden Jesus behind all the, the stuff of Christmas, God help us. If, if, if it's not easy for people to find the gift of Christmas, something is wrong. We probably exchange gifts because this group showed up with gifts. That's probably where that came from. They showed up with gifts worthy of a king. Something has gone wrong when more people have a personal relationship with Black Friday and they don't know Jesus, the king. Our opportunity our opportunity as people who know where Jesus is, is to help others see Jesus at Christmas time. Like if you know where he is, we have a responsibility to help others see him and find him. Almost everyone loves Christmas. Truly, almost, like literally almost everyone loves Christmas at some level and participates in some way or another, even if they don't see Jesus as king, right? Now, when the foreign, when the foreign astrologers announced they were there to see the king of the Jews, they were dropping a bomb. Pastor Adam unpacked this for us last week. When they showed up and said, we're here to see the king of the Jews. They were dropping a bomb because people who want to be king don't want to know that another king has come to town, right? He's not good news for everyone. There's only room in this town for one king. And that's the decision that many people make. There's only room in this town, right here, for one king, and that's me. And so then Jesus is a, is a threat. He's a threat to my selfishness, a threat to me living my way and doing whatever I want to do, because if I believe in him, and then I got to follow him, and then I... I might have to surrender some things that I really don't want to surrender and I don't want to do, so let's all just have a happy holiday instead. And some people don't 
dig deeper into Jesus because they don't think it's true. Some people don't dig deeper into Jesus because they're afraid it's true. Like, what if it's true? Because there's, <laughs> there's only room in this town for one king, and that's me. As Jesus' life and ministry unfolded from the stable to the end, as his life and ministry unfolded, the, the tension of his, of his identity stretches from this point in the stable until Jesus steps out of a dead man's grave, the tension of his identity stretches. And in that tension of who is Jesus, right? The wise man said he's the king. The tension of who is Jesus. In that tension, many chose to follow him over the years, and many chose to mock him. Some people threw themselves at his feet, and some people threw stones. Some were miraculously healed, and others thought he was a magician, a jester doing tricks. Some took his teaching to heart as the greatest words they had ever heard. And some other people twisted his words to fit their agenda, deciding that he was a threat to their kingdoms, a threat who must be stopped. And that's the tension. Who is Jesus? Is he my king? Is he the, the king of kings? Is, who is he? The next time we see Matthew using the title King of the Jews, the next time you see that title is in Matthew chapter 27. I'm going to read various verses from Matthew 27. Now Jesus was standing before Pilate, the Roman governor. Are you the king of the Jews? And he uses that phrase that the, the Magi used. The guys from Babylon used it. We're here to see the king of the Jews. We're here to worship him. And so Pilate captures that and uses it. Are you? The king of the Jews, the governor asked him, and Jesus replied, you've said it. When the leading priests and elders made their accusations against him, that's the church, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges they are bringing against you, Pilate demanded. Jesus made no response to any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. Down a few verses, some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. They placed a reed stick in his hand as a scepter. And then they knelt before him, notice that, in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. And when they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put on his own clothes, put his own clothes on him again. And they led him away to be crucified. 
After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. And a sign, you know this, a sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. And it read, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. On Friday, they hung him like a criminal. On Sunday, God raised him like a king. On Friday, they made his scars and they mocked him. And on Sunday, they saw his scars and they worshiped him. If he's the king, if he is the king, then our only choice is to respond like the astrologers from the East. Do whatever you have to do to find him. Find him at any cost. And then declare him as king, Lord of your life, against all risk, even if people around you go all Herod, at all costs, at all risks, you risk everything and you don't stop. You just keep asking and keep searching until you are at the feet of Jesus. Come to worship. Come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn King. That verse, Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, might sum up the whole gospel. Jesus is king. Creation points to him. Bow and worship him. A couple more verses from Matthew 2. This is 9, 10, 11. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you this morning for your presence here and your word that comes alive, and uh, God, just you're working in our lives to bring us exactly to this point. We're a group, but you've been working in individual lives in this room to bring us right, right to this point where we need to declare who is king, who is king in my life. Have I come to worship him? Lord, forgive us for the times when we displace you from where you're supposed to be in our lives, for the times when we put you on pause and do what we want to do, for the times when we act like working of our lives. 
Lord, if there's someone here today who needs to or wants to make a new beginning, I pray that they would just feel and sense your love and grace, your mercy washing over them. There's no judgment. There's no shame. There's no fear. There's only outstretched arms, a welcome embrace from the King. So thank you, Lord, again for this time we've had to worship you and uh, look into your word and uh, just be with us. Go with us this week. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening and joining us today. If you'd like to know more about the Lighthouse Church, you can find us on Facebook at Lighthouse Graham and Ann or on Instagram at The Lighthouse GM. We'd love to chat with you more. Maybe something jumped out at you or grabbed your attention while you were listening today. We would love to talk with you and discuss some of the deeper questions of life together. God loves you, we love you, and we're in this together.